Dancy Lagarde fans, you will be thrilled to know a book is coming out if you fund it. Via Unbound, we are publishing The Dancy Lagarde Reader by Alice Fraser and Dancy Lagarde, a glorious insight into the world of Dancy Lagarde, self-published romance maven and online bestseller. If you would like to find out how to support it, go to thebuglepodcast.com. If we get enough support, we will publish the book. That's a real thing that's going to happen. Thebuglepodcast.com to support The Dancy Lagarde Reader. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. The Bugle presents The Last Post with Alice Fraser. Hello, posters, and welcome to The Last Post, the final word in this, the most final of worlds. Today's episode marks the 21st of March of the year 2020, and happy birthday today to actor Gary Oldman, best known for his star turn as the villain in the cinematic masterpiece The Fifth Element. That bit where black stuff comes out of his skull plate is pretty magical acting. In 1943, on this day in history, an assassination attempt on Adolf Hitler failed, proving either that time travel will never exist, that time travel will be prohibitively expensive, or that there's way more important shit coming up in the future that's going to need fixing. And on the 21st of March in 1963, Alcatraz Prison in San Francisco Bay was closed, releasing all of the villains into the community and leading to the complete takeover of San Francisco Bay by supervillains, including the Joker, the Riddler, and no wait, that's the plot of every Batman ever. Poor Batman. His job would have been made much easier by a more reliable penal justice system. Celebrations today include South Africa's National Human Rights Day, which was known as National Irony Day until 1993 when apartheid ended. It's also Memory Day, so we don't have to forget apartheid. And other celebrations today include National Teenager Day and World Poetry Day. If you have time to celebrate this day properly, you should look up some of your agonised teen poetry and forgive yourself for it. Better to have loved and lost, etc. Your guest today in the studio is Alison Spittle, celebrity flapjack lumberjack, currently on her speaking tour against the machinization of the flapjack industry and raising awareness of out-of-work flapjack lumberjacks. Welcome to the show, Alison. Thank you very much for having me, Alice. It's a very important issue. (laughs) What is the importance of this issue for you? Well, it's an industry. Uh, My father was a flapjack lumberjack. My grandfather before him was a flapjack lumberjack. My great-grandfather was an engineer. And (laughs) it just, it's my livelihood. And I I, I cut the flapjacks to absolute precision. And uh, I'm better than a machine. I have feelings. I have a wife. I have children. 
As always on our weekend shows, we take a step back from the gaping more of the many-toothed kraken that is topical news comedy and paddle in the shallow tropical waters of The Weekend magazine. This Saturday, a coffee table book section is our top feature. But first, some sections of the Saturday magazine we won't have time for. This Saturday in the Weekend magazine, a gossip section with all the deep dives on your favourite celebrities and the people you didn't even know existed that we tell you are celebrities now. Gone are the days of the old Hollywood studio system where you were allowed four hot men and five hot women to last after, plus three old men who you're meant to find hot even though they're clearly in a toupee. Now, everyone with a million followers on Instagram and a willingness to be seen falling into a pool is in the celebrity pages. Find out what some reality star is wearing, as though you recognise her. Weight loss, weight gain, plastic surgery disasters. Or maybe they always look like that. We don't know. You don't know. Stop pretending you know. A four-page section with some skincare tips. That sounds very good. (laughs) To be honest with you, celebrities are a sign of ageing for me. You know, the less I know, the older I am. It's true, but I think that's that's exaggerated by the fact that there are more celebrities now than there used to be. And more of them are dying, and uh, it makes me kind of think about death a lot as well. That's true. Celebrities are destroying my life. I was brought up Buddhist, so everything makes me think about death. <laughs> also in the Saturday magazine, we have an article on flower arranging. Put them in a vase and fiddle until they look right, with a Victorian language of flowers guide for when you want to give the gift of the most passive aggression. Peonies symbolise rage. Rhododendrons mean go f*** yourself, with scratch and sniff panels on every page. And an at-home-with-the-Kardashians interview with the smallest Kardashian's personal dresser. Napoleon Gardner is the dog stylist for the fleet of boutique Kardashian dogs in his second career after his long-running role as caretaker of the Royal Corgi Troupe, a Royal Corgi tribute band with dog impersonators of all of Queen Elizabeth's most famous corgis. Gardner shows you all the dog costumes of the Kardashian dogs in this tell-all tale. All the the behind-the-scenes dog gossip from who's sniffing whom to who's chasing whose tail, with glossy photos of a lot of dogs. A great feature. Can I just ask, dog impersonators, is that dogs with the job as impersonators or people impersonating dogs? That's an important question. Yes, Mm. they are dogs who dress up as other dogs. Right, because I would watch it like a a furry boy band based on the Queen's Corgis. (laughs) There's not enough furry celebrities. I think, yeah, that's a niche market, but it could be expanded. Mm, definitely, definitely. Who do you think is a secret fairy? Who do I think is a secret fairy? Probably James Cameron. He did do Avatar, which, if anything, was definitely an expression of some sort of internal furryness. <laughs> Other uh, kin, certainly. I was trying to think of a joke, but I literally spat out my tea and I was like, <laughs> yes, Alice. <laughs> And that's all the Saturday Magazine features we have time for now because we need to get to the ad section. And now it's time for your ad section because, face it, listeners, you've got too much money. Give it to our generous sponsors. Give it, give it, give it. Capitalism is a disease. Outside Perth, Western Australia, there's an old man who stands by the side of the road and sells cheese. There's also an old man who lactates. I'm here to tell you that those men are the same man, and that man is me, and the cheese is delicious. Bertram's home-milked, man-nipped, cheese-adjacent snacks come in a variety of flavours, including plain, worrisome and no. Buy some Bertram's home-milked, man-nipped, cheese-adjacent snacks today. Vegan-friendly and consensual, they're not your mama's cheese. That's the cutest gawking I've ever seen in my life. Does it... <laughs> do you mean retching? I do, yes. Yeah. Sorry, Irish. I always thought gawking was looking. But... Oh, really? What do you see? We call it gawks because it, there's a sound you go, gawk, gawk. Oh. Yeah, anyway. 
Sorry. Let's hope there's no, no people who are sympathetic wretches listening right now. <laughs> They'll probably think there's an outbreak of something else now, people retching on public transport. <laughs> and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by sea monkeys. Sea monkeys are a novelty aquarium pet, a type of brine shrimp that undergoes cryptobiosis. It was developed in the United States in 1957 by Harold von Braunhut and initially marketed as Instant Life. The shrimp are sold as eggs and brought to life with the addition of proper mix of nutrients and chemicals in dry form and half a glass of water. Half a glass of water for the tiny Dr. Frankenstein in your life. You've tried the paleo diet. You've tried ancestral medicine. Now try the Neolithic Workout, a series of gruelingly long marches through inhospitable terrain full of hostile animal life and terrifyingly incurable diseases, followed by high-intensity interval training as we release a cougar to hunt your wife and children, including scraping hides, squatting to gather berries, and also squatting to do your poos. The Neolithic Workout. It's one of the things we used to do when we had no choice, and now you can do it for fun, with bonus stone ads for our first 30 customers. Sign up today, run endlessly from the shadow of a death you don't fully understand tomorrow. And that's your ad section for today. The Last Post. Now it's time for your top story. Your top story in the Weekend magazine today is uh, coffee table books. Mm, Alison yes. Spittle, you're our coffee table expert. Yes, yes, I am, yes. Um, What's going on in the world of coffee tables? Well, there's a big trend at the moment in uh, coffee table books, and that's coffee table books of coffee table books. So it's a <laughs> range of the best coffee table books. There they are. Unfortunately, there's a lot on the market at the moment, so um, they're quite similar. It's like makeup palettes. You know? Oh, you think you need one, but then you realise they're all sort of the same. They're all orange. They're, <laughs> that's the coffee table book and makeup palettes. <laughs> it's all just a shade of orange, Alice. That's life. I mean, do you like coffee table books? I like coffee table books, but I don't possess a coffee table, so it's very hard. Coffee table books live on top of wardrobes for me. Being a flapjack lumberjack, I maybe should whittle my own coffee table. Out of flapjacks? Though. Out of flapjacks, yes. Out of flapjacks. Nature Valley bars. They're very hard <laughs> and sturdy. <laughs> but not immune to rats. Not Nothing is immune to rats. Alice. We'll soon find out that nothing is immune to rats. I mean, what you could do is build a coffee table out of coffee table books. I have had that thought. I have had that thought. I just need one more to be published and then I would have my fourth leg. What's your favourite coffee table book? My favourite coffee table book is Chicken Shop Mascots. They are pictures (laughs) of the happy looking chickens in chicken shop signage. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, you should see the happiness in their eyes, the chicken's eyes, what it advertises its dead <laughs> relatives. <laughs> I think, to be honest, the death of a thousand chickens is less so than the indignity of a chicken mascot. Smiling. <laughs> oh, please eat me. I don't matter. Neither does my friends. And I say this as a person who really enjoys fried chicken. <laughs> With your shield or on it. <laughs> Would you, crispy, would, crispy. That's how I prefer. If chickens were people, would you rather have a chicken shop mascot, be a chicken shop mascot or one of the many dead? In this choice, what would I rather be? Yeah. I think I'd rather be dead. I, <laughs> I, I don't like guilt. And I feel as a chicken shop mascot, you'd have a lot of talks with yourself about what you're doing, you know, before you go out for your photo shoot as the chicken shop mascot. <laughs> I like that there's a photo shoot. Yeah, I, I presume that every chicken shop ch- chicken mascot is photographed, not drawn. It's, a, it's 
Is there anything else happening in the world of coffee table books? Yes, there is. I was looking the other day in the coffee table book warehouse and surprisingly, no coffee tables in this coffee table book warehouse. I had to look at this stuff on shelves. I mean, that's a disaster. Absolute disaster. You think they could sew up the market? I know, I know. And isn't a coffee table book just a display of wealth? How do I show people that I'm cultured and also I have £60 disposable income? (laughs) How? Without a coffee table. No, there's nothing else. Maybe a china figurine. A china figurine, yes. yes you can't put your coffee on one of them. You can try. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how flat the head of the coffee top figurine is, you know? <laughs> if it's <laughs> if it's one of those like dainty Georgian ladies holding True. up a finger, they can't do it. But if it's... um, Can you think of a flat-headed thing? A flathead, I mean, if it was sort of a 90s tribute to uh, Will Smith's hairstyle, that kind of porcelain doll might have a flathead. I, I would genuinely love that porcelain doll. <laughs> I would love that porcelain doll. So, yeah, th- th- those mostly at the moment, uh, the trends are coffee table books of coffee tables uh, and chicken shop mascots. And um, also there is this coffee table book that says I cost 80 pounds. And that's all I need. (laughs) Okay, that's all we have time for for our top story now. It's time for your letters to the editor. Dear Alison Guest, that's you today, Alison. Oh, Alice and Guest sounded like Alison Guest. It does. But you're it sounds the guest. like my name. Yeah, it's you're like the guest, not me. Alison and Alice. Alison, Al- Alice. I can't do it. I can't say my own <laughs> name, Alice. Help me. Dear Alice and Guest, sometime back, Alice began suggesting that one could, quote, download this podcast again tomorrow, advice that I began to take. I then took that advice on the next day and the next. I now find myself in a bit of a rut in which I've listened to the same episode of The Last Post every day for nearly two months. Do you have any advice on how to escape this cycle? Furthermore, how will I hear said advice, assuming it will be given on a future episode and not the same episode that I find myself downloading day after day in a Sisyphean task from which there is no apparent escape? Yours truly, Spencer from America. Mm. I think you need to change their mindset. I think you need to tell that person that throughout your backlog of podcasts, you've changed something in it. And then they'll listen again, looking out for the changes. And it'll kind of make them, it'll give them adrenaline, they'll be on the search and, you know, nothing changes. It's like that prank where you get eight pigs and you put one to nine and you take out one of the numbers. And half the fun (laughs) is looking for that elusive pig. Uh, that's what that's what we are. It's like that thing that we all know about. Do you not know that? Thing? No, I've never. I mean, sure, it's very common. Maybe it's an Irish thing. <laughs> my advice to you, Spencer from America, would be that you listen to the very next sentence in my frequent sign-off, which is, or you can download tomorrow's episode tomorrow, which gives you the freedom to do that. You don't need to listen to a different podcast. That sentence is part of the whole thing. All you need to do is not deliberately misinterpret something. You idiot. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to The Last Post today. We are here in your ears 366 days of this year and we'll be back tomorrow with all the latest news in this dimension. You can download this podcast again tomorrow or instead... Try downloading tomorrow's podcast tomorrow, Spencer, or subscribe so it automatically downloads every episode every day. We have previous episodes available on the same feed for those of you who like to binge the news, and if you have not done so before, please listen back to previous editions. Your guest today was Alison Spittle. Alison, have you got anything to plug? Uh, my flapjack lumberjack business and also my internet, uh, just my internet. That's... Uh, uh. <laughs>
At Alison Spittle on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> just just sign on to my Wi-Fi. Sign on to my Wi-Fi. FR6789. <laughs> I was about to plug my show, Kronos, at the mm. Melbourne International Comedy Festival, but it has been cancelled. So stay updated on my Twitter at Alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. That's also on Instagram, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. For updates on that, I'll see what internet alternatives I can provide for you. The last post is a something else Alice Fraser and Bugle Podcasts production. I'm Alice Fraser. Find me online at patreon.com slash Alice Fraser for my occasional blogs or to subscribe for a behind-the-scenes look at my glamorous life. The executive producer of this podcast is Christopher D. Skinner, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. The fertility doctor Jan Karbat was renowned for getting amazing results. Women who were desperate for children would visit him at his Rotterdam clinic. Many would leave pregnant. But when the clinic closed, rumours circulated about the methods the doctor used to achieve his success. My name's Jenny Kleeman, and I've been investigating what happened in Karbat's clinic. It's the story of a doctor who was determined to create life by any means possible. The Immaculate Deception, a brand new podcast from something else, coming on March 18th wherever you get your podcasts.